0: Am and welcome to episode one hundred and one. you'll say something, to Sonia? Why, why you look? You look like a rabbit caught I don't in headlights. Need glasses
1: on right now. Why am I wearing them?
0: Why do you look so terrified? When I, when I'm I...
1: scared. I'm just yeah, <sighs> just in general scared. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: here, here's how our week's gone. Uh, what no, I don't I, even. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell them. This is why. Because yeah, they want to know why this episode's late we were due to record this on friday the day after my dad's funeral um and my mum went into hospital on friday so that was fun wasn't it <laughs> she's out now but having regular blood tests and she's got some sort of infection but uh suffice to say we uh we were a bit strung out by it after yeah. a very full-on emotional week uh then having that happen so you know so sorry this is late but we had a good excuse. We did. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for all your lovely letters.
1: We got so many
0: letters. Yeah, in the wake of episode 100.
1: Yeah, we got all these 100, 100 episode letters. 100 episode letters? I
0: mean, it would have been nice if they'd come in time for the 100th episode, <laughs> like we'd asked. But, you know. But <laughs> consequently
1: are in time for the 101st.
0: Consequently, because they didn't, we're going to be really self-indulgent and read most of them out, I think, this week. <laughs> So uh, we're going to do that towards the end, so you can just skip it if you don't want to hear us kind of uh, blowing smoke up our own arses.
1: <laughs> yes, because you have an exciting, different thing this week. An
0: exciting, different uh, thing. Yeah, my brain or shut, shut down halfway through that sentence. you could look at it as the exact same thing that we did last week, but with someone else, exactly. which is an interview. Yay! There was the H interview was, of course, bang up to date, which, by the way... What do you mean the- bang
1: up to date?
0: Well, he's the current lead singer. Huh? He's the current... Modern no, I, Marillion. I, I do, Refe- yeah. H represents Modern Marillion. Yes. Was today's interview Represents the, the, the origins oh, of the bat. Oh, ancient
1: Merillion. True, 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 true. You get it now? Uh, yeah. We're being archaeologists this week and digging into the ancient depths of Merillion's
0: past. Anyway, before I go on about that any further, I was just about to say, before you interrupted me with your whole... What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean, does that mean again? not what does that mean? I, was, I got I got confused. <laughs> Uh, I was just saying, hey, hey, we He's got for horses. we yes, hey, it's for horses. We got retweeted by the band.
1: What?
0: The H no interview way. actually got retweeted. Wow! By Marillion.
1: It was a good interview. I like it was to think a so. Bloody great interview.
0: Bloody I really great.
1: enjoyed listening to it.
0: Good. Um, so yes, I had a bunch of stuff
1: to say, but. You know, because of the week we've had, I can't remember any of it. Yeah. Should have written it down.
0: It's for the best that this interview was done a little while ago. Uh, and we can just, you know, take up the bulk of the episode <laughs> <laughs> and not have to worry about saying too much. And the rest is some letters about how great we are, <laughs> which we need, actually, frankly, <laughs> right now, people telling us we're great. Anyway, um, so the interview is with a guy called Neil Cockle. Some of you might have heard that name before. He was part of the original lineup of Sil Merillion, the band which became Marillion. Neil is currently in a band called The Mighty Bard, who have got a new album coming out. They've got one album out already. I really like them. They're very, I suppose, Camel-esque. Uh, they've got that sort of melodic, um, catchy, but also atmospheric prog that I like, which it isn't the sort of prog where it's a oh. lot of okay it's i'm allowed to not like things it's not like being unfair <laughs> sorry you know it's like you're gonna have a go at me for not liking broccoli yeah you probably would anyway <laughs> yeah i probably would yeah <laughs> you know, Best it's vegetable. each to their own you know i'm not knocking anyone i'm just saying some prog i like some prog i don't uh but the mighty bard is my sort of prog but neil amazingly after he left silmarillion very early in the process the process very Very, early
1: in Marillion's history
0: very early in Silmarillion's history (laughs) we'll just let the interview play out okay uh, and let Neil talk to us about his time in Silmarillion uh, a fair bit about the Mighty Bard and also some Silmarillion songs that I guarantee you've never heard of and also the candidates for the name of the band we could have had a very yeah we could have had a very different name for Marillion
1: I'm so excited. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. He remembered them.
1: (gasps) Oh, that's brilliant.
0: So, enough waffle. Here's Neil Cockle. Sorry, that sounded a bit uh, (laughs) like a. That Uh, that sounded sounded a a bit like a. Enough waffle. Here's Neil Cockle. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, and this isn't just blowing smoke up your backside. I really, really love the Mighty Bard. They're the sort of prog, and I'm quite, I'm quite snobby when it comes to prog, Um, and I like it to be melodic and have atmosphere, and uh, it's, it's just got a bit of everything that I like in it. So, um, oh, great! Thanks, thanks, well done. Yeah, I was listening. Uh, uh, Brilliant. uh, I was listening to the uh, the two new singles as well, all the the new ones that came out. Uh, a few weeks yep. ago, I think this morning. Yep. So, um, but yeah, no, it's great stuff. So let's let's go back to to Aylesbury um, mm. back in the, the the
2: sort of late seventies. Uh, what okay. do you remember of the the music scene? Quite a bit, quite ago? a bit, really. I first met um, Doug Irving and McPointer uh, when they were supo- we were supporting them at a little gig in Chalfont. And they were in a group called Electric Gypsy then. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, together with a guy called Andy Glass, who's now in solstice, still in Solstice now. Right. So then the, the second gig with that little tiny band, which was a bit of a heavy metal band at the time, uh, we then played Prius, Ellsbury, oh, which right. they told me was actually a wine bar. <laughs> so when we get there, it's massive. It was massive. And uh, there was a few people on the bill. Electric Gypsy played really well. About... Six months afterwards, I was at a, a party and, and they asked me to join them because they'd split from uh, Solstice or Electric Gypsy. Yeah, and they said, Oh, do you, do you fancy being a keyboard player? Come along. Well, at that time, Doug lived in Long Marsden, yep, which is near Housbridge, and uh, he had a little cottage well, two cottages locked into one. And it was quite, quite a place actually, it's full of musical instruments. And I remember I went there and uh. They wanted me to play something to demonstrate. I could play with both hands, I think. That was the main wow. thing. Wow. <laughs> and uh, they had some nice keyboards. I had some keyboards. So uh, I didn't. I got the job. So I was really, really pleased with that. So I left the other band and we started practicing. At those days, we had no material. Yeah. No material at all. So we were starting from scratch and it was just the three of us. And we go into... Uh, sometimes farmyard studios, which is uh, was, was uh, Trevor Marazzi's, the drummer's place. Yep. Next door, Big Camel Play. Wow! Or, wow! Stiff little fingers in the bigger studio, and it was like awesome times. You know, now, yeah, uh, yeah. In those days, there was a little um, farmyard studio, which was this mobile studio, manor house studio. This mobile, mobile thing. And uh, everybody started recording on that. And I was probably looking back at it, we have probably got more equipment here than they had there. But in those days, it was, it was an awesome time, you know. So we're talking uh, very early 80s or 79, 78. Then we brought, brought on a friend of mine, Martin Jenner. He, right. He's a guitarist. And he brought another, another thing to the band, really, which we needed. We needed a guitarist, you yep. know. We needed either to do lead or rhythm. We got keyboards, but... You can't always do everything, yeah. Well, I thought I could at the time, you know, but I couldn't. So, from that, we actually then advertised for a singer. We did have a lot of success. This is before the times of the internet, yeah. So everything was done either on Melody Maker or the stage magazine or newspaper type magazine, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. everybody looked at that to see if there was any roles on the stage or in a band, you know, that's yeah. how everybody got their. Seems incredible to think now, but that's how everybody got their membership. Yeah, it shows you, doesn't
0: it? It must have made just life so much more, or slower, I guess. Yeah,
2: And it took ages, because then you had to write a letter to them. <laughs> or like you had to try to phone you, and not everybody had phones. In yeah, those days. yeah, I mean, yeah. I know. Makes me look, makes me sound very old, doesn't it? No, but no. It I remember. Tiger. Yeah, I long remember long it well. Having to go to the phone box on the corner because you want to call um, your mate. So we didn't have any luck with that. So we, we went on and on, and then eventually Martin left, and uh, we then advertised for a guitarist mm. and a vocalist. So then Robbery joined. Right. So obviously that was a, you know, he brought. He, he's always played Yamaha guitars. Lovely guy. Yeah, and a great player. I mean yep. Martin was a good player, but he was a great player. And you yeah, can tell us yeah, so yeah. that way. Um, It was about that time that um, we, we managed to get Fish to come along. Unfortunately, I'd left the band because I was tempted by a band that was, was actually doing a tour. Right. Because up to then, we'd only done one gig. And because we didn't have a vocalist, everything was instrumental. Yeah. Uh, we did a gig at the Hamburg Tavern. Which is in Southport? It's burnt down since, but in those days it was a good place to play. Nice stage, a lot of people. And
0: wow! Well, well, did I, I read thought. that you played there just before the Southall riots? Is that right? Yeah, it was yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it was a it was a pub in itself that it was divided by races, really. The, yeah. There was the white bar and the the, the Indian bar, really. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so there was obviously a, in those days quite a bit of tension. Obviously, it's, it's, it's okay now, but in those yeah. days there was a lot of tension, but. Yeah, we played there and there was always a fight going on that right was, nice <laughs> and then i left shortly after that and went went on to a band called uh, white lions and did a tour yeah supporting a group called new music which nobody's heard of since so, <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> that was that was, uh, that was a good turn anyway so i enjoyed that yeah but yeah since then um and for years i've really i think the, the main music for me has always been prog rock. You know, yeah. being, I think with, with prog rock, it doesn't matter what genre of music there is, when they come together, if you can have a bass player that can play one type of music, another player, a keyboard player or a guitarist, when they come together, it seems to gel, in a in a really nice way, particularly, I'm, I'm like the way we're, we're gelling at the moment, because we, we do come from different backgrounds, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I was classical to start with, then heavy rock and then into into prog rock. So it is a a, a way of not a leveler, but a, a sort of a, a way of bringing these genres together mm. in a way that is nice. I think.
0: Yeah. yeah so well, what like. was that like playing prog back at the start? Because you, I guess, formed uh, originally, or at least the bands you were in, kind of formed in the wake of punk. And there's always this yeah. great myth that yeah. punk killed off prog, right. and yet yeah, there was yeah. this second wave.
2: The thing is, groups like Genesis, nobody really wanted to know about. I yeah. mean, Genesis were, you know, and uh, they weren't gigging. They weren't doing anything at the time in, in that sort of, that stage. They really were struggling. Um, and even Steve Hackett, all those Hillages, they were moving on. And I think Steve Hillage was slightly different. We've seen, we went to see him several times. One thing we used to do as a band. Mm. We used to practice Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then Thursday, Wednesday, and Thursday over at my area. I lived in Stoke Poges. Mm. Was every Saturday night we used to go and watch a different band, right? Nice. And we've seen um, Steve Hillage a few times, Steve Hackett a few times, mm-hmm. and all those type of bands. We used to go straight for the mixing desk to see what equipment they were using, what reverbs they got, what settings they had, and everything like that. <laughs> all these really, uh, well it seems ridiculous now but uh, those are the things we were really interested in you know we bought yeah. we did buy a big mixing desk because we felt that was the way to go and it was yeah
0: so you were pretty serious about it then if you were kind of looking at buying mixing desks and sort of yeah, checking out yeah. what was going on there you were That's you, right. you were i mean in it for the long haul at that point we were I guess full on, a-
2: full on, um the, well, the things we were doing were things like we brought a Mellotron. Uh, yeah. doug being an engineer was able to sort out the big problem with the melotron, which is when you press too many nodes it used to slow down because it's tapes <laughs> Um, although at practice you could never actually use it because you wear it out so you'd have it there you'd go for it but no sound would come out because you wouldn't touch it <laughs> So <laughs> that was a bit of an exercise really so that was that was interesting um and we had a string sip which was a roland uh I think it was the Roland 101, no, not 101, sorry, a Roland, As a Roland string synth, really, but it was nice, yeah. Sandy Dice at the time. And then a moog was the other thing they had. Wow. we had a Farfizer organ oh. and a Fender Rhodes. So there was quite a few keyboards, even for that time. You
0: know. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a rig. Um, mm. Yeah, even by these standards. These it,
2: <laughs> it was a lot of keyboards. Obviously, the keyboards you get you now, you can get them all in one keyboard, you know. Yeah. But, Mellotron. i know they make them again but they're still not as good The even the even the soft mellotron is never going to be a real one
0: yeah yeah it's got a warmth to it hasn't it that i think
2: it's yes, this out tune bit i mean yeah king crimson used it really well um it's a great great instrument so yeah. it was a nice thing to have at the time yeah so what do
0: you remember about um, the music that you wrote when you were in Silmarillion? Were you, do you remember much about the songs yeah, that you yeah, had? Yeah, I do, I do.
2: We used to have a, a sound guy called uh, John Borlace originally, and then it was Privet Hedges. He now I believe he's quite a famous, a famous uh, live uh, mixing man. You know? Yeah, he's a bit of a legend yeah. these days. He is, yeah. Well, he started under John, really, learning how to uh, to set up the desk, so... That, that was his groundwork right in the early days yeah and i think that's um one of the things that came out of that was the fact that we, we did believe we could make it anyway we, we yeah. believed it and i still can't believe i left really um yeah. obviously there's a body blow now but yeah <laughs> in those days it was things moved a lot quicker you're in yeah. a band for a couple of years you know i've been in mm. the mighty bar for about 20 years. Wow, really? that long? long? Yeah. It's been a bit of a gestation period there. And uh, I've learned a lot from both bands. Uh, when, when we started writing music, we had a couple of numbers called Still No Sign of Land, which was about whales okay. um, being stranded. And there was all the whale. What is going on? Which is nice really fairy cool. prog. I like. <laughs> we did another one called The Silmarillion, which oh. is, I was reading a book, The Silmarillion, J.R.R. Tolkien's book. Yeah. Which actually is a little bit music-based. Mm-hmm. And then we had another one called um, The Necromancer, which I think they brought up again. Mm-hmm. Was a bit, bit darker. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm trying to think of another one, actually, but there was another one. There's quite a few numbers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 666. Oh it's been wow. done a few times. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah
2: because we because we were an instrumental band when we did it live, we just did, you know, and the number of the beast should be 666 We just read the first bit of the Bible. Fantastic. Really. That's awesome. um, you Doug don't did, get much
0: more prog than that. I love which it. Which Doug
2: did really well. <laughs> and then it came into the big Mellotron chords and the chords on the string synth. It's a quite quite a, a quite a good number, actually. I will still remember it. Yeah. Um then we, we needed a name for the band because we didn't have a name for the band there. So we put, everybody put their idea into a hat. The Seal Meridian was my one, and uh, there was several others. We brought out the Sil Marillion, Right. Obviously, for legal reasons, that has been changed. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was pretty obvious. We should have even thought about that at the time, you know, because, and, and the Merillion came from that. So, Yeah. Do you remember so, any uh, of
0: the other names that were in that hat? Do you know Yeah, what? It was,
2: well, it was mainly the, the titles of the songs. So Still No wow. Sign of Land could have been one. The necromancer could have been
0: one. <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> you would have so, death metal kind of band
2: <laughs> you, see, you see how these things can actually move it's quite incredible yeah isn't it? yeah just, just one moment and one choice can make so much difference that's crazy to, to, the, to the whole direction of a band or yourself really you know it's yeah like one one little uh one sort of um decision you make makes a big difference
0: yeah it's that sliding doors thing isn't it where you yeah. know it's so so do you remember the how many gigs did you play with them do you remember just a couple we
2: did a yeah. one at um the Hanford Tavern, obviously in yeah. and we did another one at the um uh student union bar in wickham right okay yes yeah. that was quite well attended as well really that's quite, that quite a good attendance
0: on that one yeah, yeah. So what 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 happened? Why did you, in the end, only sort of stay for a couple of shows before you know? Given um, you had all this gear and you were kind yeah, of quite serious
2: it. about it, they weren't actually uh, comfortable about gigging at the time. I'd done yeah. quite a few gigs before with with Star Cruiser, and they really weren't that comfortable gigging mm. at that particular time. And I think um, I decided to to go for a different direction because actually, in those days, prog rock was a was a dead thing i can yeah. remember we were still friends afterwards i used to go and see seal afterwards and they'd be playing a pub in maidenhead and there'd be four people in there <laughs> and four people the two people i brought with me plus the snail man <laughs> yeah and but they did so many gigs i yeah. mean you've got to hand it to them they were doing six gigs a week right right and they were putting a lot of money into it you know mm-hmm. they, they really were i mean i can remember being at the marquee club when they were signed they were supporting solstice and they, they were the main band solstice were a supporting right
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: and i can remember um you know and the uh, marquis i played there lots of times in different bands and it's a great place the old marquis fantastic. yeah i remember it, it's I Boho, remember it. A fantastic yeah. place and you can bump into loads of different people you know mm. um and yeah they were signed that night because really emi i think signed them because basically they were a good band secondly yeah. They were a gigging genesis, not genesis type band, but a yeah. gigging prog rock band, which wasn't yeah. around. And it was still a big market and still is a big market for prog rock. Yeah. You know, it really yeah. is. We've, we yeah. found this, you know. I went to yeah, see, absolutely. Uh, I went to see Arena, Nick Pointer's band uh, last week at the, um, it used to be Dingwalls, yeah. but it's now called The Powerhouse.
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Fantastic set, great vocalist. Guitarist, everybody played really well. I was really impressed mm-hmm. with the whole band when we met up. And I think I've got a few pictures of you standing there with Nick. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think I've got his T-shirt on. Actually, I've worn this mighty t too. Oh, right, no, nice, no,
0: good branding. <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah, I always wear <laughs> our right. podcast T-shirt whenever I <laughs> go to gigs. No,
2: yeah. you. you got it. You got it. Yeah, you got it. It was a really good night. I really enjoyed it. Actually, the yeah. singer came along as well. Um, and yeah, we had a, we had a great night. So was play. that the first time you have seen Mick in a while? or, or No, no, he came over to see us. We played in Ilfracombe, in a club in Ilfracombe, and he came over to see us play there. Yeah. Now our drummer at the time, or Tom, a young drummer, is a big fan of Mick Pointer. I mean, yeah. a big fan. We all are, but he's a big, big fan as a drummer. Yeah. And he, um, Mick said, I'll, I'll stay till the first half, you know, so it was really a bit of an out if he, if he didn't like the band, he could go. <laughs> And I understand. He had actually driven a couple of hours to get to us. He does yeah. live in Devon, and um, so at the halfway, we had a little break, and I introduced him to our drummer. And he said, "Oh, I thought you were Mick Point. Ah, oh, it's amazing. You know, fantastic." Mm. But Mick stayed for the second half, and it really, nice. really, threw really threw him. You know, But yeah. he, it was a it was an awesome moment for him. yeah. he, yeah. he enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: I'm really pleased that Arena have, has success because it felt. I mean, when he when he left Meridian and the way in which he left, it sort of yeah, there was a real yeah. cloud over it, and yeah, it obviously yeah, hit him hard. So, you know, it was uh, it's lovely to see that they're sort of thriving.
2: He didn't play for uh, about ten years. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so how I, how was that for you though? After you left, seeing Meridian kind of <clears> go, you,
2: you know, I was like, I was pleased because no, I was really pleased because firstly, they deserved it—the amount of work they put in, they really deserved it. Secondly. I'd moved on to other bands and I was enjoying that as well. And I met some great people from that. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to name drop, but it was loads of really famous people we've met through different bands I've been in. I've recorded at Rock City Studios, um, loads of places, so I've enjoyed it. So is that what you've been
0: doing or did between, you know, kind of over the eighties and nineties before forming the Mighty Bar? Were you just a sort of gigging musician? Yeah, yeah, I used
2: to gig, yeah um i was with, with white lines for a long time i've been with several other bands and uh, and I really enjoyed it yeah yeah,
0: yeah. nice
2: anymore. so mighty bard then how did that yes. come about
0: what um what was the genesis to coin a phrase uh, <laughs> <laughs> of that I was completely un- un- unintentional <absurd>.
2: <laughs> you to edit that bit, aren't you? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I put not say far with you, um,
2: basically, <laughs> basically, my, my cousin, who used to be uh, Courtney Pines drummer. He uh, yeah, actually, wow. I'm name-dropping there a Yeah, no,
0: um, name-drop away, do it.
2: He saw an advert, uh, and somebody wanted a drummer in a prog rock band. In a, in a band. Yeah. And I hadn't played for a couple of years. I'd left it alone for a couple of years. And he said, do you fancy going along? So we met up with Dave in a pub in Marlow, and um, got on really well, and... We started playing just the three of us, but yep. we were doing anything from cold play to anything. Yeah. We were playing anything at that stage. And then Dave said he'd got a few of his own songs, you know. So, I'd rather do originals every time, mm. and I've got a few. And he brought one, which was I Know was the first one he did. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, really liked it. And we developed it into a really good song. Yeah. That was on yeah. our first album, by the
0: way. Which, uh, yeah, I have. I've listened to the first album, don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. um, there, there, there is a real quality to your keyboards that um, it, it, it's a sound that I, you know, probably wrongly associate with early Merillion, that you still kind mm. of have in certain songs. How much of that is instinctive and how much of that is going, I'm, Writing with that kind of sound and that kind of, it's it's what Marillion's current keyboard keyboard player Mark Kennedy, Widley Widley.
2: Oh, Clive Clive, uh, you know I, was, I, I saw him as well the other night, obviously, and he's mm. uh, sorry. Um, uh, the the Clive Nolan's a fantastic yeah. one in in uh, an arena, you know. Yeah, so, but yeah, the, I, I knew Jellyman quite a bit, you know. he, yeah. was, he was a great good, good keyboard player. He had a great Quadra, I remember, ARP Quadra, which was a fantastic keyboard of its time, you know, it's yeah. fantastic. Um, I think really the, um, we're quite instinctive in the way we write, Yeah. Uh, I can come out with something in a couple of seconds, as long as we record it straight away, we, I can remember it. Mm. Um, I don't read music, I'm dyslexic, so I don't read music. So it is all by ear, so we do capture just about everything we do. Yeah. Um, we've always done, we've recorded just about everything um, in a practice. Just in case something comes up, I yeah. think most bands do really. I mean, it's, it's probably the way to go, isn't it? You've got to yeah. Do. So is that all through,
0: through Logic, and you kind of mm. record it direct mm. into the computer yeah. and stuff. So. Yeah, we, we use quite a
2: lot of equipment, and uh, it's quite easy to do now. In the old days when it was a tape machine, yeah, you, you had no chance really. You know, to, I remember John Vorles recorded every um in practice i can't get hold of the tapes unfortunately but i
0: was gonna say do they still exist that'd be something
2: (laughs) (laughs) i did have the reel-to-reel given to me of um market uh, heroes i had that for a while oh really wow yeah you needed to bake it because i had a problem in those days where they stopped using whale oil right and when they stopped using whale oil it just deteriorated if you didn't bake the tape you should strip itself on your on your heads
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess it was a long time ago now as well. So uh, a lot of that stuff deteriorated. Talking of that, before we go sort of more onto the Mighty Bard, did you uh, hear any of the the music that you've been involved with that that Marillion went on to make? Did you hear any of you in
2: it? There's a few little bits there, yeah, a few little bits. But as I think there's so much rewriting went on, yeah, uh, and new songs came out, but I couldn't sort of say, you know, I'd written that song. So, yeah. Well, they hadn't stolen any of my material or anything like that. No, so no, <laughs> perhaps the some of the fill, perhaps that was there. Okay, some of the keyboards because I used yeah, to yeah. as well, even though it was a micro movie it still had the the, the mini mood type of sound, really. So, yeah, they used that a lot. yeah, which the quadra gives you as well. But...
0: Nice, nice. Yeah.
2: So, so talking about the new album that you've got, uh, if you've got mm-hmm. a release date for it yeah. I well, on. I think the release date's going to be March. It okay. um, may be earlier for downloads. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Dave, the guitarist, has been over to New York with a guy called Yaron Fouche, who's uh-huh. quite a, quite a famous um, producer. Yeah, uh, he's, he's done Madonna and quite a few other people, and he's done a really good job on the on the album. So we're, we're very pleased with it. Yeah, and hopefully somebody else is as well. Yeah, uh, we think it sounds good. I don't know if you've
0: heard it yourself, but um, I haven't heard the the whole album. I've only heard actually, no, what's no, I've heard the whole of the first album and I've heard what you've released so far from the the new one. So, uh, but yeah, it sounds, I mean, sonically as well, it just sounds fantastic. It's good, um, yeah.
2: He's done a a great job. Um, I think, um, it's always a challenge when you're not actually playing the music in the studio. So, March, we are going over to do the third album. In the Powerhouse Studios, right. so, which is in New York. So Do you should, already
0: already thinking album three before album two. Yeah, yeah, out, we've already yeah. got album
2: three ready. Right, um, nice. Well, we've got a song on there we've been working on for a couple of years, a few years, uh called Black Train, yeah, which is an 18 uh 18 minute song. Ah, oh, fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already
0: um, interested, I'm there.
2: We've got <laughs> about I'll, I'll get Dave to send, over, send it send over to you, but it's good oh, to her eight to 12 sections in it fantastic yeah all, that's all, all, all clinging together with a good story um yeah dave, dave produces a comic and it's it's in that comic there's actually a, a thing in that comic
0: oh wow great so, multimedia media you're going the that's, full work. i'll get that
2: sorted out for, i'll get dave to sort that out for you too. yeah
0: i'd love to hear it i'd love to hear yeah. it yeah so you've been um you've didn't come together for the new the writing of the new one were you all remote for that
2: no no we did we've um dave's now moved down to to cornwall but that's he comes here very often and we we do uh, a lot of zoom in. yeah and because of the sort of equipment we use these days as opposed to the old days you can actually send stuff off easily um yeah. uh, you've got an idea you can, i can send it in minutes yeah or we can listen to He can take over my my computer and, and and just go for it you know so yeah. It's amazing what the two of us can do. Benji, the singer, has got very involved in in the writing process now, and then the bass player will have a go, and then the drummer will, will put his bit in. So, and then we've got violinist as well, and he'll put his bit in. So, they all add to it, but we'll yep. get the basses ready for them. Um, we've got one number on the new album, which is Beyond the Gates, uh, and which is I think it's been called Last Act Orders, which is the last one on the tr- on the on the album, where actually it was almost a jam to start with. And then I took the first bit and did the, you'll hear it's speaking to the first bit. And then we've developed the second half. So.
0: so do you, when you set out to write an album, is it purely just through jamming or do you kind of set out with an intention of, I'd like to write a song that sounds in a certain genre or have you got rules? Do you kind of want, is it if something isn't proggy enough for want of a better word or? Um, it always comes
2: out proggy. I, I mean, prog <laughs> tro- rock is, it's, it's a funny way of, of describing any sort of music. but I yeah, think, yeah, you know, any good music can be prog music. I agree. About, I,
0: I totally agree. You can yeah. take
2: from. We've got some classical influences in the in the new album, which I still think don't look out of place or sound yeah. out of place. Yeah, and I, I do feel that it's such a a great medium for putting lots of good things in, mm. but from many genres of music and I've used the word yeah. genre a lot but many types of music and uh, I think that's that's where it, the big strength for prog rock is
0: yeah it's the same for me I mean I think it's 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 music that shouldn't have any rules basically no, it's you no, can no. should be able to do what you want and yeah. that's the real definition of it um because right, yeah. I know we've got a few people who are tech geeks can you talk mm. us through your keyboard setup? have right, well, got
2: Quite a few here. I've got quite a few more stored away, but the main one I really use is the, it's the Kronos called Kronos. That's uh, an 88 note one there, which is the, the newer slimline one so I can carry it. Yep. I've also got a Yamaha MOX-F8, which is also a 88 note weighted keyboard, particularly because the, I did have a CP80, but that is very heavy to carry around. Mm. Um, the CP80 sound on that is incredible. Absolutely amazing. Um, I've also got a Triton Trinity, sorry, a Chord Trinity, a Cork, I don't hear now, Prophecy. Yep. And I've just started using a Poly-D, which is the um, Behringer version of the Mini-MOOC with an extra uh, oscillator. And I can't believe the sound is so good. I yeah. Mean, for the price, I mean, I've had a mini Moog, very unreliable machine. The buzz bar used to get very dirty, and it was always a bit unreliable. Tuning was an absolute nightmare. Life. I've got I've got an ARP Solus, which has got the same problem. It's ARP's got a lovely tone as well. Yeah. But it was just unreliable, and you'd be playing away live, and people thought you were playing the wrong notes. You know? Yeah. But actually, gone out of tune. <laughs> in the middle of a solo which is not ideal
0: no, no not really what you want
2: it all goes into a into a mixer and also obviously we use a lot of focus right equipment to to actually record onto yeah. the um logic or we use pro tools as well right so yeah in america they only use pro tools really in these right. studios so you have to we have to use pro tools yeah so are you planning to play any live shows have you got any uh um, yeah absolutely in- i think in uh we, we've just starting to look for some at the moment and we're you know we're really keen to get out there and play live we love to play live yeah
0: yeah we're yeah. a live band so is all of that kit coming with you if you uh no
2: i think the only thing i really need are these two and i've also got a uh an 88 note controller keyboard yeah which would use the soft synths we do use some soft synths so yeah there's quite a few um the jupiter 8 is a good one for soft synths also the Memory move is a fantastic machine. I'm a softest as well. Great Most cool. of
0: it goes over my head, but uh, I know what I like. to,
2: Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, of what well I the, the mellotron, you can get soft mellotron. It's it's not a real mellotron, but it's a good it's a good one. And uh, Clive Nolan was using one the other day, and it's uh, okay, uh, very brilliant. So yeah, uh, yeah. So we do we do try to keep up with all that equipment.
0: So aside from technology, what's what's changed in terms of being in a band? Between now and when you started back in sort of 78, 79, what's different?
2: Right, it's a lot harder now. Yep. To sell your product. Yeah. In those days, it was you released an album, and people bought the album. You know, it was, mm. it was, a, it was, a, it was a, it's going back to that a little bit. I've got to say, to, mm. to get an album pressed now is very difficult. There's a big waiting list. Yeah. Uh, I've got a friend who's in, uh, used to be in Tubeway Army, Sean Burke. He's, he was the guitarist with Gary Newman at the beginning and it's just released a couple, but it's taken six, seven months before it been pressed.
0: Is that, because did I hear it's like a world plastic short? no, shortage or vinyl shortage or something? No, there's a
2: shortage of pressing companies.
0: Right, okay. And they've got a waiting
2: list. And when Christmas comes, you get all the artists going in and booking up for their Christmas single. Right. Because people are buying more vinyl than anything else now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And it, it's, it's still good quality, and it? it's better quality, I mean, and it's a nicer mm-hmm. thing to do isn't it so
0: yeah yeah i mean this it's become such a collector's market now vinyl and you know the box sets that you get are you are you going to release the album in kind of any special editions or is it yeah kinda... we've got
2: we've got some great artwork for the um, the second album um it looks really good and yeah. it look good as the thing about an album is you do get a nice bit of uh artwork you get you get a big bit of artwork with a yeah a cd you get you got a tiny little bit of artwork with the download. Well, yeah, your <laughs> you're lucky to get anything really. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think that um, going back to to vinyl is, is a really important thing. And the quality of vinyl vinyls improved. Mm. The quality of the material, the weight of it, yeah. the quality of the pressing. It's all really, really improved. I mean, the mastering is is a different mastering for vinyl, as you're mm. aware. Yeah, and it's just so much better. Yeah, yeah it's just better. The bass yeah. response
0: and everything is fantastic. Mm. It's just I've I always missed uh, that just that physical action of taking the needle and putting it on yeah. and that initial crackle when it settled. Yeah. It was just was it nothing in, it was like brilliant, it. Brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. going forwards, what are you what are you hoping for from the album? What do you want people to take from it? And your expectations for it? I mean, are you doing this now? As is this a hobby? Is it fun?
2: Is yeah, it? No, it's a very serious hobby. It's, I mean, we, we're putting a lot of uh, effort, time and, and money mm. into it. So we do believe that we'd like as many people to hear it as possible and appreciate what we're trying to do, really. yeah. Uh, if people like it, that's great. We're hoping that lots of people are going to like it. We're getting a good response yeah. uh, to the initial things we're putting out, the, the little freebies we're putting out, um, Magician's been out. Oh, now that music. I loved.
0: Yeah, I Did thought that was fantastic. The version of that yeah. is going to go on the third
2: album. Um, and that was, yeah, it's downstairs on my, on my piano downstairs. Mm-hmm. So we did that live, and that's, that's a good thing. Um, and we've got a few other things that we've been... Illusion, I think, came out a couple of months ago as yep. well. So there's a that's couple great. of things coming out there. But I, what I'm glad about our music, what I'm pleased about most, is the fact that every song has got its own character, and it's not the same as the last one. Yeah. So the important thing is, every time we do something, it is a little bit more hopefully creative but also different so you're not listening right. to that bit that bit oh that's the same as that one but it's got a different yeah. couple of that we're hoping that it is everyone developed into a different type of uh, different song and yeah you can't recognize oh well that's the same as the one on the other album so we're hoping because yeah. that... that does happen you know they yeah. still get caught up in that yeah and you're selling something your your, your record company says you well, what we want is four more like that. <laughs> you know, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've got
0: to do four more like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, we so but, got why was yet. why the gap between album one and album two? Because it's been quite a while. Was it nine yeah. years? Is that right? Between no, no like that. It's not, not quite that long. Years. Years. It took okay. a long time to
2: to develop. We were doing a lot of gigs initially um with very little material. Really. We had the first album, I think, probably, and we were developing the material. Because again, we started from scratch, yeah. um, and I just think it took a long time. Yeah, I can't, I can't explain why. It just seems the time has gone like yeah. that, very quickly, passed quickly, and uh, here we are. But I think we've got a, a lot of momentum going now. Yeah, which we didn't have before. It was almost like a bit of a hobby before, but now it's right. it's very serious seriously.
0: I, th- I think prog has changed as well It's what you said earlier, is that you know, you've know you got prog magazine, you've got all mm. yeah. there's a real prog scene that didn't yeah. exist perhaps 10, 15 years ago.
2: Absolutely, absolutely we've been on prog mag a couple of times on the on the CD on the front and that's given us a good coverage for a couple of songs and uh, it's surprising how many people do listen to that I mean, we've, we've done gigs in London and people have come from Wales to see nice. us you know, so it's quite incredible. A lot of people coming from different parts
0: of the country yeah yeah yeah. i will definitely i will definitely come along if you um if you announce some some we will look forward to it yeah you'll be there hopefully yeah yeah without a doubt without a doubt so last question i guess i've got to ask this given that we are technically a meridian podcast so yeah yeah do you do
2: you still follow what they do these days yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah i think they're uh they've developed well um i've got over the, the the fish thing really i mean it Let's face it, the, the band was, was very much a fish band mm. at one stage. Um, the split was probably a good thing for the band, really. Not for all the members of the band to start with, but yeah. I think uh, they've, they've managed to um, go from strength to strength from that. You know, yeah. I think it's been a, a good opportunity for them, really. And now yeah. they've developed and their music is far more diverse, I think. Well, yeah they
0: they're very good at doing that thing that you talked about where one song is different from the next i think yes they're, um, yeah that's they're very good
2: at that that's very important because you do get tied down with that samey samey thing and nobody wants to hear the same song over and over again so no <laughs> Absolutely. with a different lyric or a different couple of notes you know it's got to be yeah. unique every time that's that's what every band should go for i think
0: Totally agree, brilliant. Well, thank you, Neil. That was uh, no an absolute pleasure. Um, well, Why? best of luck with the album. What's the name of the the new album? Um, Beyond the Gate. Beyond the Gate. Right. So, mm-hmm. everyone, look out for that in uh, yeah. around March next year, something like that. That'd be brilliant. If it's early,
2: then that I'll
0: let you know it. Yeah, we will definitely <laughs> give it a shout out on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good interview, wasn't it, Sonia?
1: Excellent.
0: You haven't even. Heard I haven't
1: it heard yet. it yet. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet because the episode hasn't gone out yet.
0: Neil was a lovely chap. Uh, he uh, we we chatted on Zoom and he had all his keyboards and whatnot behind him. Oh, cool! Hell of a setup.
1: Nice. But as
0: you heard in the interview, Sonia, as you heard in the interview, Sonia, he talks us through his keyboard. I freak.
1: haven't heard it yet because <laughs> everyone else is in my future. Oh. Does that make sense? You're all in my future.
0: <laughs> Sounds a bit psychotic. It's
1: true, though.
0: You're in my future. Everyone
1: else listening to this has heard the interview.
0: Yes. Yeah, so thank you to anyway. Neil. Um, and thank you to Ian as well, who helped arrange the interview, because this has been a long time coming. We were originally meant to do it way back in the summer uh, before my dad got ill. So I put it on hold the week he got he, he, went downhill. So so yeah, thank you for their patience. and thank you for a fascinating interview. So let's let's self congratulate, shall we? Let's do it. Episode one oh one, it's an unusual enough number for one uh, one
1: one zero
0: zero zero one one one. What are you doing? You're doing doing Numbers. binary.
1: That's it.
0: Do you want to do the first one?
1: Yeah. Okay, so our first letter is from the hangman. Kester I can't
0: remember if we read this out the other way. I don't
1: think we have. I just had a quick look through it. I don't think we've read it out.
0: We saw Kester, didn't we? I think. um, Uh, Aylesbury? Aylesbury.
1: Yeah. Aylesbury? Okay. Kester says, hi, Paul and Sonia. <laughs> and here we have our first problem.
0: <laughs> oh, oh! In
1: Starbucks, I tell them my name is Tanya so that they won't call me Sonia, even though Sonia is a nice name. Do you
0: reckon he's done that on purpose, or do you reckon that's his autocorrect, or do you I reckon he actually thought you were called Sonia?
1: Autocorrect does tend to correct it to Santa.
0: Yeah, that's what I tend to get.
1: Yeah, same. But anyway, let's. Let's just turn a blind eye to that and continue. I fell in love with Marillion in the early 90s around Holidays and Brave and I remained very much in love until the Somewhere Else sort of era. Yes, the mid to late 90s were tougher going at times, but I didn't waver. Then for some reason, Marillion began to mean less to me. I began to find the cut and paste nature of their songwriting meant that I found it harder to engage with what they were doing musically. I still got all the albums and went to all the tours, but there was a disconnect somewhere. When Fear came out, everyone raved, but I just couldn't get into it, no matter how many times I listened. Anyway, during lockdown, I got into the Corona Diaries. It was and is great, and my first step towards reigniting my passion. I wonder if there's another Marillion podcast, I thought. I found yours... I wonder if it's a sycophantic psychophantic. Uh, 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 do, you want to,
0: do you want me to read that word?
1: I wonder if it's a psychophantic... Sycophantic, you Psych- mean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you say sycophantic, I, I, no, I say sycophantic.
0: No, I say sycophantic.
1: No, I say sycophantic.
0: You say psychophantic. No, you
1: said psychophantic. Okay, let's,
0: let's play that bit again.
1: I wonder if it's a psychophantic... <laughs>
0: sycophantic, Psycho- There we are. Yeah, see, Paul hmm i know exactly what you said
1: <laughs> i said didn't i not say you said
0: psychophantic
1: i'm pretty sure you said psychophantic you sta-
0: no <laughs> jesus christ this is what i live with everyone <laughs> i've got no memory. she's forgotten from one second to the next i mean i'm ready to, to be next. wrong because you i really wrong. don't yeah. have any memory you, you started out saying psychophantic, then psychophantic then i went to correct you okay I wonder <laughs> if this is a
1: beep love-in, I feared.
0: Sycophantic love-in, I feared.
1: It isn't. It informs, entertains, gives me food for thought. Mostly I agree, but sometimes I don't. Along the way, the two of you, your thoughts and ramblings have become a regular feature in my life. Oh. Something I look forward to. And you made me think about Marillion, about all the music they've created, made me listen to it all again and realise how important it is to me. I, re- I reconnected with it and with them. Thank you from Kester.
0: Oh, thank you, Kester, for those yeah. lovely words. Except it, it, for the
1: word "psychophantic,"
0: which sycoph- caused, do you mean "psychophantic"? You said, you said again. Oh no, I did again. say it
1: that time. Yeah. <laughs> I want to listen
0: to how Google says it. No, not the time. Yes, time. Fine.
1: Psychophantic.
0: <gasps> so turns out I'm right.
1: I thought I was the one that said "psychophantic." Jesus
0: Christ on a bike! <laughs> you keep saying "psychophantic." I'm sicko, you're psycho.
1: You're the sicko, I'm the psycho. Yes. All right, I'll oh my take God, it. God, this is
0: a nightmare. Let's go. Anyway. Let's continue. What I, what I wanted to say about Kester's letter is, is I'm pleased that us being less sycophantic than he anticipated is what helped him get back into the band, because that was really important to me, that we weren't just this blind you know, blindly sort of loyal, you know, rabid fans. We are rabid fans, let's face it. But I think I think, in order for the medicine to go down, you've got to take a bit of salt with your sugar.
1: Yes, a bit of... Um, well, I don't know
0: what I mean by that. What does that saying even mean? Don't know.
1: I've never heard that saying before, so... No. I'm inclined to believe that you've just made it up.
0: Yeah, quite possibly. Like your pronunciation of psychophantic. <laughs>
1: Shall we continue with the next anyway, letter? thank
0: you, Kester. I'll read the next one. This is from Phoenix Phil. What? <laughs> He's already given himself oh, yeah. a nickname, unless Phoenix is his first name and his surname's Phil. <laughs> Might be. Might be. Hi, Paul Asanya. After decades of having it on my to-do list, I finally started to work my way through the Meridian back catalogue and thankfully found your podcast to provide me company and counsel on this long and daunting journey. As a child of the 80s and a teen of the 90s with musical interests that veered towards rock and alternative indie music, I knew the big hits of the 80s, vaguely recalled the H-era singles, appearing on top of the pops in the chart show, the release of Brave, which I recall, it seems incorrectly, as somewhat of a critical and cultural comeback, and oddly Cannibal Surf Bay, which was briefly something of an underground favourite and mixtape staple among the rock and indie kids in my hometown. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I later stumbled upon some tracks from Marbles not realising who the artist was and was staggered to find out they were by Merillion. So scattering these fragmented glimpses of their back catalogue out on a metaphorical table, it's been interesting to connect the dots album by album. Thanks for the episode giving a fan's eye view of H joining and the choice of Hooks and You as the lead single. I personally love it, but I was wondering how the Marillion faithful took to the new era being launched by a song that sounds like Joe Satriani and Robert Palmer (laughs) writing a, a song for Gun. I'm currently up to unlocking the artistic majesty of Brave, and I'm enjoying your episodes around it. It's interesting listening to episodes recorded two years ago with COVID considerations and band news breaking after it's already happened for me. I'm not sure if you'll read this out on the show. Surprise, we are. But I guess I'll find out when I finally catch up in two years' time.
1: Oh, brilliant. (laughs)
0: Greetings from 2022. Um,
1: We hope the world is in a better state.
0: Yeah. Thanks for all the great insights and opinions. I don't always agree. I personally love Alone Again in the Lab luxury and drilling holes, but I love how much thought and consideration you both put into reviews. Keep up the great work and thanks for being my earbud buddies. Phoenix Phil. P.S. As a teenage Iron Maiden fan in the 90s, I can assure Sanya that it wasn't a cool thing to be.
1: Oh, remember that? You remember when <laughs> I, you thought
0: being being into Iron Maiden was cool, Sanya?
1: I still think that.
0: Okay, here's a long letter from Pete Pajamas next.
1: My turn. PT. PT. PJ. PT. PT. Boy. That's what you say for our neighbour. Peter. Yeah. Hello, Peter. Hi, Peter.
0: Our neighbour's called Peter, surprise. Peter, 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 Peter Bread, Peter Bread, that's his name. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that?
1: I'm processing Peter the information. Bread.
0: That's his surname, isn't it?
1: It is, and he's very tasty. The P- Peter Patter. <laughs> I don't want to say that.
0: The Peter Patter of Tiny Feet. That's it. He loves talking about tiny feet, doesn't he? That's he's all he ever talks got, about. <laughs> with as Peter he puts Pater. all the
1: bins on the street back.
0: This is just terrible for Oh no, he
1: cut it all out. It's rubbish. Our next letter is from Pete Pajamas, all the way from New Zealand. He says, You wanted letters to celebrate your hundredth? Well, it
0: would be rude not to. Not to yeah, rude not to send one in time for the hundred and first episode. <laughs>
1: This was actually penned before Your 100th Depth popped up. Earlier than I expected. But hey, if you're going to bag out your listeners for not writing in, to hell with self-editing, to make it more concise, you're going to have to read the whole lot now.
0: You swine, Pete.
1: Genuinely, I love this podcast. Yay. Not sure I remember exactly how or when I found out about it, but along with Corona diarrheas.
0: I think, corona a, diaries. Diaries. Yes, it's a typo that he's written there.
1: <laughs> cut, cut that
0: no, no, out. no, no. Yeah, I want. I want your attempt to pronounce Corona diarrheas that he's written.
1: No, you can't leave that in. I
0: didn't say it. Pete said it.
1: No, he didn't. That's just a typo. Well, yeah,
0: the typo happens to be Corona diarrheas.
1: <laughs> diarius. <laughs> I think it's it's actually Diarius.
0: Well, that's like a Greek name.
1: Yeah. Dario, I added the show to my check it out list where it sat for about three months because I thought to myself, okay, there's a podcast actually by a dude from Marillion and another podcast by a couple of randoms just <laughs> talking about Marillion. I mean, come on, which one are you going to listen to first? Well, look,
0: we know, we know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we know. Fortunately, at some point I decided to check you out and here we are, 100 episodes later. And it's literally the first thing I want to listen to on a Monday morning. Such a shame that pesky work meetings sometimes get in the way. Well, don't worry, because this week we're late. A couple of thoughts about recent releases and tours and stuff. Firstly, I must admit, I'm really wishing I made more of an effort to get over to the UK for this tour. By the time I come back for a visit, which will be Leicester in May next year, already penciled in with the full approval of Mrs. Pyjamas. I can understand that an hour before it's dark in its entirety probably won't be on the cards, so I'm going to have to settle for not hearing some of it. H's comments in EP100 were promising, though.
0: His comments that we're playing the whole of an hour before it's dark at the next (laughs) movie.
1: Yeah, but then that was was at Holland, wasn't it? That was for Holland, which is three nights. Oh, true.
0: Yeah, Leicester, who knows?
1: Is Leicester three nights or two Two nights?
0: nights. Uh, It's only Canada and Holland that are three nights.
1: Mm, So it is up in the air.
0: It is up in the air. Uh,
1: Confession time. Sierra Leone. I sometimes hit the skip button. That's not to say I hate it. I just haven't fallen in love with it yet. All great Marillion albums come in waves and layers. I think the fact that some songs take a while, sometimes years to click, is maybe part of the reason they've never regained their 80s popularity. But that's fine by me. Crow and the Nightingale. This song is Marillion in a tin and pretty much flawless. However, it just makes me so angry at age. Whilst it's written as a tribute to Leonard C, he can't see that it's pretty that it pretty much encapsulates everything that probably every Merillion fan wants to say about H himself. It's like he's written a love song to himself from the fans, (laughs) which sounds like a really egotistical thing, but I don't mean it like that at all it's like a reverse 80 days except without the synth trumpet solo so mr h in the very unlikely event that you somehow hear this thank you for your words of longing no one can i can't listen to the cheesy backing vocals upped in the mix on the deluxe version in general i like the subtlety of this holidays in eden remix compared to some of the others but those backing vocals What I said earlier about songs going in waves, sometimes I grow to love a song and sometimes I begin to fall out of love with a song. This being the perfect example. I used to adore this, but the more I listen, the more I think it's an even more sinister song than its B-side, a collection. No one can take you away from me. Don't matter (laughs) if they take me away. Sounds more like the deluded ramblings of an obsessive kidnapper than a love song. True. Yes. Actually. And finally, a challenge. You've given nicknames to everyone that writes in, but what about the band? So the other podcast has done something similar on a breakfast cereal theme. But hey, there's always room for more. Keep on being marvellous and I'll still be signed up to the excellent value Patreon when you hit ep 200. With exclusive and early episodes from the bargain price of only one pound a month. I personally don't understand why anyone wouldn't. And P.S. I was listening to Spotify on the weekend, serving me up its usual random mix of stuff it thinks I'll like. And as occasionally happens, something came on which made me think, ooh, this sounds good. I wonder who it is. I picked up my phone and it's only bloody Mr. Biffle. Good work, sir. That's me.
0: I'm him.
1: Spotify recommended you. I'm him. (laughs) Isn't that cool? My new
0: album available now on Bandcamp and uh, Apple Music and Amazon.
1: Spotify recommended you. How cool is that? So not only have you been classified as a prog artist by the, what was that website called? I
0: don't know, prog something or another
1: something or another website you're being recommended by spotify
0: yeah how about that that's awesome wow and i sold another album at the weekend so it's up to 36 now <laughs> Woohoo. 36 sales
1: that's fantastic
0: that's fantastic isn't it uh nicknames for the band mm. that's hard they have already got nicknames of course there's h yeah rothers, rothers. peat trousers um, true president mosley mad jack
1: i didn't know about the president mosley one
0: yeah Mark Kelly. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Lorraine. Lorraine.
1: <laughs> Lorraine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For those that don't know, Lorraine Kelly is a, is a British uh, TV presenter.
1: <laughs> or Quiche.
0: Quiche. Quiche Lorraine. Wow. Okay. That's a, that's another jump of yeah. logic. I like we'll, Lorraine. We'll come back to that. <laughs> we'll come back to that in the future because uh, otherwise it's going to be a long ep. All right. But thank you, Pete. Uh, appreciate Yay. it, And appreciate your Patreon support www.patreon.com If you want to go there now there's the video Version of last week's interview With H Ooh. Uh, And there's loads of bonus episodes that we've done Going over set lists and things Plus you normally get eps early apart from this one Which you know we've explained why
1: And there should be a tag that you can click on Which is Beampard. like bonus eps Yes bonus.
0: If you yes. If you sign up true yes right um this is my turn isn't it it's from our friend mark dimples paling who i hope you're doing all right this week mark yes you weren't well you last worried
1: week. us mr you worried dimples us.
0: yeah worried us big time hello you two thought i'd write in so you know that more than four more than four people are listening
1: <laughs> you know, uh, it's always nice yeah
0: congratulations on making it to the century without seriously upsetting anyone uh we had a go <laughs> but excellent episode Even if you trimmed out the H section uh, It's always nice to hear Both of your thoughts On what Biampod actually means to you I also like that One of your letters Was directing questions at you So on that basis Ah oh, Mark Has oh. some questions for us So for both of us Without any financial Or logistical considerations What location would be Your ideal Marillion concert uh, Proper venue Not your living room Hmm I mean Wow that's hard
1: Location
0: I don't know. That's really hard.
1: I did like the Royal Albert Hall, but that's that's a really unimaginative answer. Yeah,
0: but it is... um, I don't
1: like huge venues because sometimes you don't get as good a view of the band. The Royal Albert Hall wasn't too big. No. So even though we were sat quite far up and back we had a perfect view. But
0: it was big enough for a bit of production and the yes. lights. So I think it's... Oh, it was brilliant. Just just beautiful yeah, lighting. I, I think Lucy said actually last week on Lucy's Friday questions that they do intend to play there again. Oh, I'd love to go back. Yeah. I just, yeah, I'd happily do that. It's a great venue, great sound. We Where we were sat was a great view.
1: Do you know where else I'd like to go? But I think... This maybe only works for eight H Natural. There's um, the place where he plays in the cave in...
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, is, it is it Portugal? in Spain Portugal? or Portugal? Yeah, I think it's Portugal. What's the
1: place where people go to get married, to elope?
0: <laughs> Gretna Green.
1: No, <laughs> in Spain. It's near the cliffs.
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: Oh, come on. It's so famous.
0: It <sighs> doesn't matter. doesn't matter, Sanya. There. Well, there, okay. in a cave. Okay, in a, in a cave somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> there Great. or the Royal Albert Hall I always worry about the acoustics in a cave
1: Oh, they'd be beautiful
0: But yeah, maybe not for a rock concert though For piano and voice, yeah You've got a nice natural reverb but if you, Actually true For a rock band, I think that could just be hideous True Alright, next question Paul, this is just for me
1: Oh, just for you <laughs>
0: ah, For the Port Zealand Convention What would be your ideal theme for each night? Oh, Friday, good question Friday, Saturday, Sunday Wow
1: There we go, Paul
0: For the Friday Ooh, God, this is hard I mean, I liked guessing the themes, but by the same token, I also like uh, just a random selection of songs. I would like, okay, here here we go. For the Saturday night, I would like another fan vote. I mean, all right, okay, they'd all vote for Neverland, but um, yeah, I'd like a fan vote. Okay. Because I thought we got, you know, then then they're crowd places, aren't they?
1: Unless you disagree with the crowd, but
0: yes. I would, though. That's the thing. When there was a vote recently, they all voted for Neverland and the new album. Like really obvious choices. I don't know. So yeah, now I'm saying that.
1: Now you you see how difficult it is is to come up with a theme.
0: If democracy has proved us anything, it's that most people are idiots. (laughs) In this country, (laughs) especially. (laughs) You can't rely on democracy (laughs) for the right choice. Um, I mean, I like rarities. Uh, I would like... Uh, well, look,
1: you've got three nights that you can pick for. So like, you can do one can be fan favourites, one can be rarities.
0: Yeah, I know, but they're not terribly interesting themes, are they? You know, I liked it when we had a name for the themes. You know, that, that you'd get, all oh, the glow must go on. You'd be like, what's that?
1: And then you have to pick which... Yeah. Songs fit into that theme.
0: And I love bootleg bingo, when you didn't know what was coming out of the bucket, supposedly. Oh. Um, Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I I would like somewhere else on the Friday night. Let's get the album night out of the way. Uh, Mm -hmm. Somewhere else, just because they've not played it in full, even though, as a few people have pointed out, H did, when he was talking about whether they'd play somewhere else at the next convention, he did name check various ha- happiness is the road songs as having already been played <laughs> uh, <laughs> which i didn't pick him up on at the time uh, <laughs> i'm doing it now h idiot <laughs> bloody idiot <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't even know what, what's on your own albums oh god i really should have read this letter in advance and had a thought about it well
1: you've got two nights down so we've got Somewhere, Somewhere else. else we've got No, I'm
0: not doing the fan vote I You told don't want you. the fan vote, but no. you've got
1: rarities.
0: Oh no, he, here you we don't go. Want here, no, I've got it, I've got it. Saturday night, I <laughs> choose the set list. Wow. <laughs> and it's called Paul's Choice. <laughs> so that's what wow. the Saturday night is. And then the Sunday's n- night's set list hmm. is called Paul's Other Choice. <laughs> so I choose the set list for that night as well. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's my plan. Fair
1: enough. There you go. So that's the next weekend set.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Lucy will turn it over to fax me. it
1: over to the band so they
0: can start Okay, now here's a great rehearsing. idea. Here's a great idea. Now that Marillion love us oh, <laughs> right, We do uh the pod two Biampod nights where one you choose one night, I choose the other. <laughs> and I'm sure Lucy would let that Oh happen.
1: yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would love that. Right.
0: Sonia, to Today, what is your favourite Marillion album, including Fish Era?
1: I'm going to have to split the two into Fish Era and H Era.
0: Okay, very Fish very Era, diplomatic. easy, misplaced
1: childhood. Like yeah. still number one, it is mystical and magical. There's something magnificent about it. So that's it's still going to be there in my heart forever. And H era at the moment it is I'm sorry if this is really unimaginative, but it is an hour before it's dark.
0: Yeah. Okay. You're rather loving disc one of Happiness is the Road though. Aren't oh
1: my it? God, and no, I'm really loving it. Yeah. I'm really loving it to the point where I'm scared to listen to Disc Two. That's
0: well, fine, but gotta deal deal with them as separate albums to a degree. Yeah. Anyway, that'll be coming but up. But
1: everything you've told me is like but like I really, really love Disc One. I
0: think we'll be starting that next week.
1: Oh my god! I better start typing up my notes.
0: Yeah, um, both. If you could choose any other band to do a double header concert with Meridian, who would it be? Living uh, Stephen Wilson doing a solo show.
1: I'd want <laughs> just selfishly Bon Iver or Bon Iver or whatever, just because like they're so expensive to see live. So if I could, if I just could, I would. Or okay. or Midlake because I just love them.
0: All right um Sanya, to today has there been a Marillion album that you started to listen to for bepod but initially thought oh dear well yeah well yeah Marillion.com. yeah and uh, and when you finished listening to it you also thought oh, oh dear, dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh this is for both of us bempod live when <laughs> Um, it's whenever when we saw, you like when, when we saw our mates at Aylesbury they were saying we should do a Pod live maybe at the next UK Meridian weekend
1: oh only if they can
0: be in it with us why? Oh. sod that
1: what? why? <laughs> what? that'll be fun would it? yeah
0: <laughs> what's about us? not them
1: oh my god <laughs> you've got to share the love pool
0: uh, yeah I, I would love to do one I mean when we previously mooted the idea we got absolutely zero response to it, so that does. Slightly... We got one response. Who was that Was that for Mark Dimples?
1: No, but I guess Mark is up for it. Um, it was on our Patreon.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're not at the moment planning to go to the um, Leicester weekend next year, but that's not to say we couldn't go up there and do an hour in the afternoon for a live Beyond Pod hour or two in a small venue as long as it didn't clash with one of the the thousand Marillion tribute bands that are also playing. Yeah. Um, But look, honestly, seriously, let us know if you're up for for that, because we'd like to do it. I don't exactly know what the format would be at this point, but we'd just have a laugh for a couple of hours that's Marillion-themed.
1: Marillion themed laugh. A that Marillion sounds good. Marillion
0: themed laugh. If any of the band wanted to come along and be interviewed <laughs> or be part of a game, we'd also be up oh, for that. Oh yeah.
1: that's exciting. Uh,
0: um, Mark says, uh Paul, we all admire your balls out view. Oh, sorry, to try
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't the end of the sentence. <laughs>
0: I know you do Mark Uh, we all admire your balls out for you to try and not edit out any contentious comments but is there a single event where you thought afterwards that probably shouldn't have stayed in Um, (laughs) well uh, yes and no there have been a few things where I've kind of thought oh that was a bit I don't know, I wouldn't say mean, because I think we're always honest. There've been a few jokes that I've kind of winced at, but left in because they were funny.
1: The joke's at my expense.
0: No, no. Oh, I mean, no, you'd
1: leave those in. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, opinion-wise, I mean, um, I think it's really important, as as Pete Pajama said, that, that we're not sycophantic, because I think it makes, as we've said so many times on this, it makes, when we do have something positive to say it has more impact because we don't say everything is brilliant you know we're you know and the band themselves don't think everything they've done is brilliant yeah. and that that would just be lying basically you,
1: you can't have you need some shade to go along with the light otherwise everything is just one color yeah
0: you lost you lost yeah, confidence in that color
1: texture
0: you're right it there? adds texture yeah okay yeah um i mean nothing i can think of off the top of my head um you know I, i suppose we we are now at a point where we realize the value of our honesty for people and that i think i think it but not only that you know the honesty in terms of opinions but i think honesty of who we are and our relationship and you know we're I think we, yeah, all right. The banter is obviously ramped up quite significantly when we're, we're doing a podcast. But I, I think we try to be us and we try to be genuine. Um, and I think sometimes that means warts and all. So I try so to leave as much in as I can.
1: What you're saying is you wouldn't even, you don't even regret not editing out five minutes of trying to come up with puns. Yes. 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 Fish gill in the wilderness of
0: yes i do regret the five minutes trying to come up with vigil in the wilderness of mirrors puns i regret that uh i also regret talking about sanya farting oh god the I week wish we-
1: you'd stop bringing it up
0: well, that's what i said <laughs> <laughs> uh i wish we hadn't done that the week we reviewed an hour before it's <laughs> dark uh, yeah me too yeah you yeah, know i'll at that point, probably most listened to episode. God. Um, so I regret that, but everything else, you know. <laughs> you
1: regret nothing else?
0: Well, not that I can think of off the top of my head. The
1: next letter is from Tarun Shom or Shome. Uh,
0: unfortunately, I'm scared of coming up with a nickname because I don't know how to pronounce Tarun's name.
1: Show me the money.
0: Great, that'll do. Yeah, good one.
1: Congrats on the 100th episode. Loving the podcast and the interview with H was excellent. I especially enjoyed how H explained that fans really do know him through his music and lyrics. I think this is one of the aspects of Marillion that makes the band so special. Take somewhere else, for example. A frank, personal, heart-rending view of the turbulence H was going through with his marriage at the time. He laid his entire personal life bare for all to see or hear. It's absolutely gut wrenching. And by the way, some of the best bits of Bianpod are when Sanya <laughs> tries to tell a joke or <laughs> an a- a- anecdote and completely messes it up. It's like every time I try or, and tell or, a joke or, or when she an tries anecdote. to pronounce
0: sycophantic, makes
1: me <laughs> chuckle more than the actual joke. <laughs> uh, what time does Sean Connery go to Wimbledon? Tannish became what time does can't remember his name play tennis. <laughs> Lol <laughs> keep, keep up the good work.
0: You see dear. There you go.
1: Sean Connery's a legend now. Yeah. Because he wasn't before yeah, yes. he wasn't before. Because of Beam Pod.
0: I can't believe you've just said Sean Connery is now a legend because you mess up jokes about him on on a podcast about Marillion.
1: <laughs> no because
0: Finally, he- finally he's getting the recognition he deserves. <laughs> thanks to you exactly. sanya
1: <laughs> exactly
0: thank you taron is it taron Tarun, taron show me the money next letter is from our friend pep. pep pep did we come up with a name for pep pep from catalonia
1: i'm sure you did but i can't remember it
0: pep, pep. bon dia is that how you pronounce that hello dear i uh, think so congratulations for this journey amazing what you've done so far it is quite a lot of programs it is i know it's terrifying it implies perseverance and effort so thank you you make the weekdays more entertaining and what a nice surprise having h on the hundred show great interview quite informal and opened which is not easy i know it was so listening to it back it was like wow we were both quite relaxed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was... Um...
1: That was nice. It was a nice kind of informal chat atmosphere.
0: Yeah, hey. But still informative
1: and interesting.
0: You know, uh, those of you who are listening who did hear 100 probably know that we opened up the episode with a special intro that spoofed Corona Diaries. Yes. Yeah, well, I sent that to Aunt Short. Yeah. Uh, and said, oh, I thought you might like this. It's nothing. No, no <laughs> reply. Maybe really, you just didn't know what to say I, to that. I really hope I didn't offend him with it. Oh no. Uh, you know, I well, hope imitation not. is the sincerest form of flattery. It is. Yeah. I mm, hope I haven't offended him. I hope not. Let me recall with you my best moments that now come to mind for those from those shows. The fish dedicated ones were funny. Also I thought they were um uh I don't know, depressing. You're weeping during previous descriptions of care, remembering your gone relatives was moving. Um, Yeah, in terms of editing things out, I do feel a little bit exposed by that. Do you? Nah.
1: Not really. It was sincere.
0: Yeah, it was sincere, I know. And the shows with Lucy and Mark, yeah, which were both fun. Well, you make me think of creating a merillion show in Catalan, which I guess won't happen, but you are inspiring. Oh, Aww. no, do it, Pep. Do it, Pep. We can come on and be guests. Yes. Uh, let the show continue for a few more episodes. Looking forward to the Happiness is the Road sessions, an album I like a lot, very underrated. Thank you, Pep, for that letter. Pep, Pep. Yay. Pep talk. <laughs> yeah,
1: thank you for that, Pep. Oh, if you start a podcast, Pep, you have to call it Pep Talk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for this week. It's uh probably been a long one. We're done with letters for a while for those of you pedantine who hate them. Um we liked getting those because they made us feel better about ourselves.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We needed it after the last few weeks. We did. Months months did. So thank you all year. of you.
0: Uh yeah. Years. <laughs> life. Um no some of the life, my life's been good. Wow. <laughs> some of it's been alright yeah, good. Yeah, so thank you everyone. If you want a bit more from us this week, of course Patreon has all the back episodes of our bonus podcasts. Um that's it. That's it. Uh you can buy my album on Bandcamp, which is another way to support the podcast if you don't want to sign up for Patreon. Uh, you can buy a T-shirt. All these links are in the description. Those of you who's at, who have Avi riled us about things like The Holidays in Eden Deluxe, uh, we'll save those for a future okay. letters page. Um, good, good. Know, there's a few we've got backed up now.
1: Good but stuff.
0: next week, I think we're starting Happiness is the Road properly.
1: Wow, finally.
0: Finally. I know. It's scary, though, because we're getting through the albums and yeah. after Happiness is the Road, there's then it that sounds that left. can't be made.
1: Well, no, we've still got Happiness Is The Road Volume 2.
0: Yes, I know that. And we've also got Less Is More. We've got Friends From The Orchestra. Yes. Uh, We've got a few things to discuss yet. Yes. Uh, But we also have a plan in terms of what to do when we've run out of albums. Yep. And that plan is end the podcast. (laughs) 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 Of course, we're not going to end it. We enjoy this too much and we enjoy connecting with you lot so um, that's it then for this week Uh, sorry this was late and thanks for listening and be good behave, be safe, we'll talk to you next week bye bye bye